A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome back to this World Game Changes podcast episode where I'm delighted to say I'm joined once again by Clementina Carroll from uh, Macedonia and we're going to be talking uh, as we did in the first episode with Clementina around love changes everything. So this is the second part of, uh, I don't know if you can call it a mini-series, I don't know if two episodes constitutes a mini-series but um, anyway it's sure to be fascinating whatever it is. So without further ado, Clementina, welcome back. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. So we we started, or I started, should I say, our previous episode, Love Changes Everything, with um, a rendition, some might say a bad rendition, of Love Changes Everything from, um, I think it was from Phantom of the Opera. Um, music, we flirted with the concept of music and energy and movement in um, in our previous conversation, any thoughts, Clementina, about any reflections around that first conversation, that first dance we had? Hmm. That aspect of of like, how do we actually love ourselves so it can change really everything? It can change everything in ourselves, but also that can be that that will be mirrored by life itself. So one question that I've been asking myself: What is actually that for myself and how can I embody that on a greater bigger level so that's that's been really alive in me and I'll, I'll just pause there for a moment so I don't go on a, on a tangent <laughs> don't worry about going on tangents we we're used to it on this show we tangents is in fact we ought to call it the tangent podcast because yes. we go off at so many tangents I've been listening to you um Clementina on a I call it a Facebook Live, a few days ago, certainly after our first conversation, it got me thinking and bringing in the music element again, kind of put this on the table, chance to sing, listeners. I always love to have a go at singing, and it's this. Spirit moves build our world around it. Now that we have found it, we will stay. Come on and love me more, more. Come into my world. Let me know the wonder of loving. Could it be magical? Whoa, no. I just throw that on the table because I love singing. I love being vulnerable. I love being what I, that's tantamount for being authentic for me. Yes. And I was inspired to do that, to hopefully try and inject a bit of fun and a bit of zaniness and a bit of craziness into our dance, our podcast dance. Spirit moves me. Build my world around it. Any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think it's all about that. Like, I, I feel like when we are 
creating this sense of self-love, we are creating the spaciousness in our body, in our life, in our in our lifestyle, so we can actually be led and moved by spirit. Because uh, spirit, especially what I understand or or you know my kind of like way of I I how how I interpret it is spirit the the speaks gently and it depends what kind of spirit of course we're talking about the light light source high frequency energy speaks gently and just is a gentle nudge you know it's a gentle message and if we're in the business of life like we might not hear that message we might not feel you know that intuition or or whatever is coming through so in order in order for us to be moved really by spirit. And I think we all are in so many ways that we don't even understand it, you know? Mm -hmm. But for me, the practice is really like to let myself like really hear it and feel it and 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 know how it speaks and, and kind of like establish that relationship in a way, you know, in a, in a deeper level, if that makes sense. Mm. It does. It does make sense. Yeah. So I kind of want to go back to the the conversation you had with your uh, your Facebook live, Clementina, um, and and what and as I was listening to that, kind of what was was coming through to me was you know we focus and we've certainly focused on the first uh, podcast episode around um, love changes everything, and you know we've started the ball rolling with that same theme around us, our inner, you know, us as an individual. But I wonder to what extent we get challenged by the externals, because there's a train of thought, isn't it, that comes from Anne Lamott that says, you know, she suggests that lighthouses don't go chasing over oceans and seas looking for boats to save. They just stand there and shine. And I absolutely love that. But that kind of speaks to us as an individual. Do you think life is so simple just to stand there and shine without the influences of what's going off externally within the world so you know if, if we're surrounded by uh, and i use this term loosely and certainly hopefully not judgmentally but negative people you know surely to a certain degree we're going to be influenced by that because energy does change energy there's no two ways about that and i just wonder you know is there a sense of idealism what we aspire to um and yet again, I don't cast a judgment on that because if it is an idealism, that's great because we're lifting ourselves up. But I just wonder if there's a sense of utopia, idealism, call it what you will about, yeah, I'm going to be the very, very, very best version of myself that I can be and almost kind of sit in an ivory tower, oblivious to the challenge of the external world. Um. Yeah, there are so many thoughts in me right now because this is a, such a great question and great metaphor. I love the metaphor of the lighthouse. Absolutely love it. Um, I feel like it's such a metaphor for what people are doing, the ones at the front lines or, or back lines who are kind of like really, you know, really working on their energy levels and, and, and who they're being in the collective right now. Um, Amy, for example, who was in the live with me, she's not so much at the forefront, but, you know, her impact in the world is, I feel like, big, you know, and 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 so let's talk about that 
um, lighthouse and, and being the lighthouse. And I feel like in order to be the lighthouse, one has to have a certain level of consciousness. And that's like, let's say if we talk about the ideal, like most kind of like aligned scenario of like you being really the lighthouse, like grounded, stable, receptive, transmuting the negative energies, let's say into like, you know, high vibration, right? Like lower frequency into high frequency. That would be the most ideal, let's say. And I don't know if that exists or not. I, I think maybe very little. Um, but for us, you know, who are in this modern society, who are on the journey, uh, who want to be that as much as possible, for us, the most important is where we are versus where we were yesterday versus where we, where we are today. And how much we can be that lighthouse um, versus our past self. So we always compare ourselves with our past selves. So, you know, like we can, because none of us started the same, you know, we all face different things and, and, and we cannot know about what's happening in people's lives. So we can only compare ourselves with ourselves, which is really hard. <laughs> but um, what for me is a lie, for example, as an individual is like how much I can be the lighthouse. How much can I stand, you know, and then have compassion for myself for the times when I'm not able to do that because I'm just human and I'm still learning and I'm still in the process of evolution. And I am really like, because, I, you know, I, I do the inner work um, with clients and with myself all the time. So I am aware about a lot of the patterns that are still in me, you know, so it's not I don't expect myself to be 100 percent like that in this modern society in the lifestyle that I've chosen to have. Uh, it's it's also maybe a choice uh, for some people. You know, we might choose like, okay, well, I'll stand there for like most of the time, but sometimes, you know, I'm quite human and I'm, I know I'm not going to stand there like that, you know, in that lighthouse kind of like a full-blown effect. Um, and I think we can all strive to be more and more of that every single day, at least 1% every single day. That's that would that would feel really good to me and to I think most people who are really there to lead and serve and share their learnings with whatever they've gone through in their life with others. And that can be sometimes a mother, you know, mother shines like that, stands like that for their children or father, or whatever, you know, like in different levels of of um in different settings different contexts uh i mean more and and i just want to say you're right about like when we go out in the world we are faced with mirrors mirrors of like what's showing us where we can learn where we can grow uh, so we can transmute those inauthenticities and sometimes it's a matter of choice like oh we're faced with a certain situation Maybe that situation doesn't say so much about us if we can react differently in this case, right? So people often take it like, oh my God, this is me again. Why is this happening again? So can you have a different reaction to that, you know? And so maybe that's how you can transmute it and move on. Um, so it's it's certainly a world of, of mirrors, I feel. And, and we're all in that. And if we talk about the analogy of the lighthouse and that idealism, well, actually it depends on everybody. So you can imagine we can only achieve that when everybody else achieves that. <laughs> Maybe some people have transcended beyond that in some ways. I don't know. I, I still contemplate and 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 
about that but really we can all be on we 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 can i feel it's hard for even one person to be on that level if they live in the in the physical world unless mm -hmm. they're really fully isolated and 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 reached some level of enlightenment <laughs> Yeah. And what is enlightenment when all said and done? Because yet again, you know, going into some of the spiritual masters, they would argue that we already are. We already are. Which is, a, you know, it's kind of, and this is why I challenge this kind of spiritual approach of chasing something. We're chasing enlightenment. Well, why? What is it? What are we chasing? And this for me really speaks to this authenticity of who I am, Whatever I'm perceived to be through the lens of other people, that's none of my business. That's not my call. Of course, I have a responsibility by the way I speak, by the way I, you know, I dance uh, with my energy and I dance with the energy of others. You know, the very words I use, how I, you know, physiologically, how I communicate those words, you know, that will always induce a judgment from the, the recipient. And that's fine because, as you say, to use one of your words, that in many respects becomes a mirror for where he or she's at at any one given moment in time. And from my experience, as we go on a journey, I liken it to being in any vehicle, the vehicle being the body. You know, we've got this amazing mechanism um, and, and we've got a mind, obviously. But we go on a journey as we would go on a car and sometimes we'll go forward. We'll go down a particular type of road, then sometimes when life's free flowing and, you know, we'll be on a metaphoric motorway, fast and furious. Other times we'll be on a little side road. Sometimes the sun will be shining so we can have the roof down. Sometimes it'll be raining so we have to slow down. Sometimes we even have to put our vehicle in reverse and take a backward step. And to continue the metaphor of that going on a journey of a vehicle, I always say, well, what would happen if we kept looking in the rearview mirror? of our car we'd crash so why do we spend so much time looking back in our lives in the past dwelling in the past and then wonder why we why have we crashed why is my life falling apart just a few things to throw in the mix there around this voyage of discovery that we're on yeah i mean i i, I want to mainly comment on the last part you said like why are we keep on looking at that rear mirror like at the past like what so we we seem to be attached to the story oftentimes and i know for myself you know how challenging it's been to change that story um but more so than that we are addicted to the feelings of that story stress anxiety uh not feeling worthy worthy enough it's you know if we've been like that for the whole life like because most of these things come between the ages of one zero and seven uh of our life imagine like operating like that for the whole life and what is the predominant feelings you're having you know on a day-to-day -day basis and and how are these changing over time if you can observe if you're going to the better direction then you're probably you know not looking so much um and, and stuck in the past but if you're always perpetuating the same things same cycles and same feelings in your body despite what other people see you know we can portray a picture in the outside world so we can say a lot of things we can be extremely successful but it doesn't really necessarily say about our inner state so it's like 
I would I would encourage people to look at what are the main feelings you're feeling on a day to day basis and just write them down. Like this is what I mostly felt today. And, and then compare it to your childhood, you probably will see that it's the same thing. It's the same feelings that we're experiencing. So, so how can we shape the feelings? So we have to actually experience more of the states that we want to, like, for example, pleasure, love, you know, like, how do we create that through intimacy, through sharing vulnerably, uh, you know, in a safe space, right? Through doing our hobbies, like what we want, through meditation, through all these kind of practices that will bring us into this other frequency that we desire. So we can teach the body, like Dr. Joe Dispenza would say, teach the body how it feels to feel abundant, to feel alive, to feel wealthy, to feel in love. Yeah, it's all these things, right? And so I just wanted to offer a tool alongside that. <laughs> yeah, and what that, and I know this was measured, even mentioned, measured, mentioned in your Facebook Live around this, how I speak about certainty. It's not that I necessarily speak about certainty. I speak about the six human needs, the first of which is the need for certainty. And what you've just said there really speaks to that, the story, we create a story that makes life certain for us. And I think as we look back in the past, we kind of leave the bad bits out because they're too painful. And we kind of shoehorn a different story that we can take forward with us. One that's more kind of calming and, and, you know, reassuring to us. And that's what we do, isn't it? As humans, we all do it. And I think, you know, the more we can kind of become aware of the power of storytelling, particularly, you know, what we tell ourselves to thine own self be true is one of my mantras, one of my values. Um, is, is massive and storytelling, the power of storytelling. That's why I've been instrumental in, in writing so many anthologies for people because it gives them that opportunity to kind of, there's an old Moody Blues record called Nights in White Satin. And one of the lights, uh, lines, I'm really getting my words mixed up. One of the lines from that song is letters I've written, never meaning to send. And I get that. Because what that says for me is I can dump words on paper. You know, you get this a lot, I think, where romant in romantic breakups where one partner writes a love letter to the other, but they never actually send it. But they're actually dumping all their emotions on that paper and, and really saying, you know, I really love you, or I really hate you, or whatever it is, or probably a mixture of the two. But that release of that story that's prevalent within the writer at that moment in time. And I, I love that, you know, and that kind of speaks to journaling, doesn't it? You know, when we have our own private journal, we, you know, we put our thoughts, our deepest intimate thoughts in there around X or Y or Z or whatever. So there's all this stuff going on. But going back to certainty, you know, I think that's another thing as well. When we look at the psychology of, uh, of six human needs, that first one being certainty, we clamor certainty as humans naturally. And I think if we're not aware of that, we just do it. We do it by default until we realize that we've got an alternative and to play with its counterpart, which is uncertainty. You know, like you say, you've said before, Clementina, about the patterns. That's all about certainty, isn't it? The story is all about certainty. But what if we dare? What if we dare be creative and tell a different story to ourselves? Because at the end of the day, it's only a story either way. So why don't we tell ourselves a really self-empowering story 
uh, and listeners will know and attest to this one, that I had a name for myself when I was in victimhood for many years, and my name was Shufflefoot. I was a victim, shuffling my feet along, shoulders stooped, head bowed, poor old me, why is it? Change the script. I ain't Shufflefoot anymore. I'm Superman. I'm Superman. I, you know, when I look in that mirror in the morning and have a shave or clean my teeth or whatever it is, you know, I tell that person in that mirror how much he's loved. And what a good-looking boy he is, by the way. What a really good-looking boy he is. Now people say, Paul, that's crazy. Is it? Or what's the alternative? To look in the mirror, oh, look, I've got a grey ear come, or I don't know, I've got a wrinkle, or I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure you take my point. Yes, yes, yes. And what I love about, uh, you know, what you shared is when you describe the... Um, uh, you know, the physicality of someone who's in victimhood, right? So there is a certain level of physicality, shoulders down, head down, like, you know, whatever, for some of us can be can be chubby, some of us can be like very thin, like not feed ourselves even, or healthy, whatever, like there is a certain physicality to that. And that also, you know, you, you also talked about like, well, why are we sharing this story why why are, why are we you know staying in this certainty where we can embrace uncertainty and so part of the uh, what i've learned of of the change if we want to embrace the new story is the physicality actually sometimes you can even work with the physicality only through let's say photography you know and you can just see a different picture of yourself but even the inner layers you know when I work with people on the inner layers of beliefs and and conditionings and fears we address the body we move it through the body because a lot of this actually because when we think a certain thought and there is an emotion then you know coming up our body is starting to react right and so anxiety right we tighten up we tighten up our thighs, our, our pelvis, our muscles, you know. So that physicality is actually a real tool, especially when used with like the deep inner work of, of like liberation and 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 expression and and, and shifting the story. Super, super important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the old cliche? Um, motion creates emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I love to sing because... You know, I've recently been on a, um, an amazing new platform called Voice, W-O-I-S, World of Impactful Speakers. It's amazing. And, you know, there's these kind of questions, that are, excuse me, that are posed on there. And one of them is, you know, how, how, how do you start your day? How do you finish your night? How do you start your day? And I start it with song. I start it by looking in the mirror and that self-affirmation. Of, and having fun and singing and sort of saying, Do you know what, Paul, you really are one handsome young boy. And I use those language, that language. And, you know, and I've shared this as well, Clementina, sometimes with clients when I've been working on coaching, actually encourage them to kiss the mirror and really actually sometimes passionately kiss the mirror. It's like when with the more feminine energy, that tends to be kind of accepted quite easily, relatively easily. But with the more masculine energy, not not so much so it's like you've lost the plot Paul you're crazy why do I want to kiss the mirror why not and it's all part of this getting out of this certainty this normality that this we're you know in some respects we become 
and please forgive me for offering this what even might resemble a judgment, but we become like hamsters on a wheel. We go round and round and round and round, stuck in the pattern. So I think anything that we can do that breaks out of that, you know, and I'll do it in public. I sing on podcasts as I've done here. Whether I can sing or not is totally not the issue. Whether people like it or not is totally not the issue. I mean, I hope they do. I don't wish to be kind of arrogant and say, well, you know, uh, guests, you like it and listeners, you like it or lump it because it's my podcast. I'm not saying that at all. But there's this whole kind of approach of energy of this is me. This is my world. And to quote Dame Shirley Bassey from her re iconic record, um, this is my life. And I don't give a damn for lost emotions. I have such a lot of love I want to give. Let me live. So I think we take so, well, I do anyway, take so much inspiration, so much emotion from this movement, from, from other people. And I think the more that we can put that out, it becomes like a knock-on, a domino knock-on effect. Mm, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with everything you said, and I love the examples. And I, by the way, your singing is really nice. It does, it does bring the frequency of, 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 of love and a beautiful vibration um and i say that you know and, and there's another emotion that came up in me when you shared all this you, you talked about emotion right and motion and so um a sadness and grief came in me about how like in this society we're so much online you know and that kind of motion being with people energy created you know when we're like in a physical space is is um is so beautiful right the dance of being physically so i don't know just on a moment it landed like this sadness and and grief about that and uh luckily I'm not going to be any more so isolated from my community because currently I'm visiting home and I feel like I, my community is not necessarily here, like where I really thrive the most. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to Bali where I'm definitely going to have like a lot of um, local, you know, energy exchange. So, and I really love that. So I just wanted to to share that, even though I, I do all my work online and it works perfectly. I just had a set you know, this grief coming up. So I don't wanted to share that. <laughs> Thank you. And, and that's a great point in uh, case in point, isn't it, for all of us, how, you know, we can be in a really good space. We can be, you know, carried away on the, the wave of emotion, really vibrant, positive, uplifting emotion. But in a heartbeat, it can change. It can change. And, and I think we, as humans, we tend to give ourselves a hard time over that. Well, you know, that would have, should have, could have. Um, oh, you shouldn't really do that. Or you, you could have done that. You would have, you should have, you could have. And it's like, no, because as, as quickly as we can go from that kind of buoyancy, that vibrancy to that kind of, dare I say, that more despondent, we can go back the other way as well. And I think it's a question of self-awareness, which brings me to another thing, Clementine, the kind of difference in perception or understanding, should I say, between self-awareness and self-observation. Any thoughts around those two two words and how they relate or, or not as the case may be? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think the, the main thing that's coming up for me is like self-awareness 
we can create self-awareness with a coach. Like, you know, we can, we can, we can create a good level of self-awareness with receiving coaching and someone guiding us or with ourselves or whatever. But self-observation goes a little bit further because you have to like, like it, it, this facts of like sitting with yourself and just observing, right? Like whatever's coming through, observing the thoughts, observing your body, observing like your energy. So that's something that you, it's really intimate and private to, to self. Um, and and it, it's, it's a capacity you know, and, and I'm still in, still, you know, in building this muscle, I, I want to improve that in myself as well, because I think it's so important and, and not necessarily even observing all of them, just being like being right. And that's mm. like, because observation is kind of like, and that's the next level, maybe even being, you know. <laughs> um, so, so I think for me, that's the distinction as, as far as I can, I can share. Okay. The way I look at it, rightly or wrongly, that self-observation for me is really about detachment and observing. Um, and not necessarily who am I, but who am I becoming? I think that's a key question. Who am I becoming? And almost having that, you know, we speak about the inner child, uh, and being able to kind of relate to that inner child. And so in a physical sense, if you imagine kind of looking at our younger self, our inner child, if you will, it is that detachment. We're separate from it. And I think that really is, and this is where I do agree with you, it's kind of that next level on of being able, because for self-awareness, we're in it. We're in it already. What am I doing now? What am I saying now? Whereas self-observation is that kind of deeper, more reflective, but who am I becoming? And that's the deep stuff, and or the deeper stuff. And, and from my experience, self-observation is everything. It is arguably the one critical factor that changes lives. But it's, I'm not saying it's easy either, because we don't want to, sometimes I say we collectively as humans, we don't want to face those raw memories from a bad experience or what we perceived as a bad experience. We don't want to go there again. It's too painful. But maybe that's where the healing is to face. I call it the bully. Face the bully. Because bullies only perform because they can. Once they're called out and they've got no power, got nowhere to go. Yes, absolutely. I love that, that description as well that you shared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, so as we start to draw towards a close, Matina, any kind of concluding thoughts around these um, three simple words, really? Three very simple words, aren't they, when you reflect upon it? Love changes everything. I mean, it's so simple. Or is it? Any concluding thoughts? Something that popped up and, and, and it felt like, like, like that kind of like closing thought, it, it, it's that um it is kind of like this idea of the body and like really being present with our body and with ourselves so we can access that deeper state of love and also following the body following our impulses like where is the light like where is the lightness where is the excitement 
and does this come from a from a the story of the past or this is like a genuine like you know so we, we, we can distinguish that and then just allowing yourself to make that move because when if not now when when are we going to make that so i would like to yeah complete with that <laughs> okay so you don't want to offer us a song then to to sign out not yet <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. not yet that kind of leaves the door open listeners not yet you heard that this is like this has been recorded not yet sometime in the future maybe maybe yes let's see maybe, maybe perhaps possibly okay listen joking aside Clementina thank you so much for these couple of wonderful podcast dances it's been an absolute pleasure thank you thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening and being part of the energy and so we'll leave it there listeners hope you enjoyed that I certainly did certainly enjoyed the dance and I'm going to sign off the way I always do by saying Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?